0: Tail Talk, a podcast dedicated to everything related to the sport we all love, hydroplane racing. I'm your host, David Newton, and it's time once again. So, sit back, relax, and welcome to Rushtail Talk. Welcome back, listeners, to episode 35, part three of our trilogy with Charlie Grooms. Now, in the thrilling conclusion of our trilogy. Charlie talks about the years of the Miss Madison team. He goes in depth about the Hanson brothers, their involvement and support that has really elevated the team to the next level. And we talk about a lot of things in this episode, but one other thing I want to mention to listen for is Charlie goes in depth on his time as the commish of H1. Well, I want to revisit the eighties here and talk a little bit about the, the Madison team in the eighties, for, for a number of years, you had the kind of that, that outdated wing wonder hall, Ron Sander ran for many years. And then in 87, they were able to build a new boat for the team, right? So was there, I can't remember if it was their first or second boat that the, the team built. Can you talk a little bit about getting that done for the team? Because you guys, I believe at that time, you didn't really have a big national sponsor. So what did it take to ha- to make that happen in that time period?
1: Uh, in that in that time frame, you're right. We had the uh, the wing wonder, the the uh, the Atlas, the Pay Impact, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's mm-hmm. been a number of things, all have been good. Um, but um, the other thing uh, was, uh, you know, at, at the end of its uh, useful life, if you will, uh, it was a conventional, not a cab over. Um, and so we um, uh, much of much of what happened in that in, in that era and that time. Um, was really attributed to Bob Hughes um, and local community at the local bank. Um, We had decided that uh, uh, we needed something new. Um, The board decided to uh, take a leap of faith um, and build, have Ron Jones build us the latest, greatest Allison powered cab over there ever was. You know, at the time there were we were transitioning, uh, the sport was transitioning into turbine on some level, uh, not n- uh, not near the st- as it turned out to be at, at that point. There was, you know, there were some turbine teams, there were some piston teams, right. and we always had the uh, the dream that if we, you know, we, we built some really, really good engines and if we just get a boat, you know, if we could just get a boat that mm-hmm. would, uh, would uh, you know, let the engines do what they do, then um, we could really be competitive and so um, uh, the board convinced Bob or maybe Bob convinced the board or Bob convinced the bank or whatever I don't recall. I just recall that um, Bob committed to doing it and uh, spending a whole lot of money and um, or at least supporting the bank. The, the bank loaned us the money and Bob supported that. Uh, God bless him. <laughs> uh, so we uh, we had Ron Jones build us a new boat and so it was uh, Uh, You know, it was the highlight uh, at the time of, uh, you know, Miss Madison's um, next big step. We were able to get something that was uh, new, state-of-the-art, and it included our engine. And so um, we're going to see if, uh, you know, we can, I think the the goal was to reach 130-mile-an-hour lap. Uh, And uh, Ron convinced us, Ron Jones, Sr., and Ron Jones, Jr., and Bob Herring uh convinced us that they could they could help us in that regard. So we uh, we took the leap of faith and built the thing. And uh classic Ron Jones. It was late, but that was, you know, that was okay. That was acceptable. And uh yeah. we we got our hands on uh what was a really, really nice piece. And we uh we cherished that boat for a long time and it, it did it did us well. It didn't obviously get us to the promised land, but it uh it was a, a major big step for us uh in the evolution of uh, the Miss Madison Racing firm and also ran to a uh, to a uh, competitive uh, competing team Well, it, sh- it showed
0: some promise, and it definitely was an advance for the team. I know it was kind of a hard he had some hard times in that first year. He got run over in the pits by prevost um, in Seattle, <laughs> and then it had that double blowover in San Diego, so it was a challenging year. Yeah, but we, um,
1: we, we, were, we were late with the thing a thing didn't show up and it was supposed to be there at the start of the season it didn't show up till late and we ended up getting it from uh ron jones just prior to pasco uh mm-hmm. took it over there and uh and, and really showed promise um um and then we obviously ended up getting uh going to seattle with it and getting run over by prevost uh so it was okay back to the shop and and uh mm-hmm. luckily we, we were there in seattle but uh back to the shop and repair the thing. So, uh, that was much a challenge, but, uh, um, I think the real focus at the time was, uh, Bob shaming, um, uh, Mel Larson and Bill Bennett from circus circus into, uh, what a stupid ass John Prevost was, uh, not that he really was, he wasn't, but that was the, uh, you know, that was the deal. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you owe us, uh, for his stupidity. And so sure enough, they paid us some money. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. They paid, wow. uh, uh, circus circus paid us some money to get the thing re- rebuilt and so uh that was uh you know that was bob hughes being you know a classic bob hughes being bob hughes yeah so uh you know he had a, a tiger by the tail and he was going to uh, fight tooth and nail to get to get us some cash because we were obviously strung out mm-hmm. we were over budget mm-hmm. and we were late and uh it was on borrowed money from the madison bank and trust company so uh, uh bob did his thing and uh and, and they paid us some money i forgot I think I remember the number, but I don't know if it's accurate, so I would want to say, but it was more than a few thousand bucks, yeah, so uh yeah. we were able to repair it, and then we ended up taking it to uh San Diego, and you call up, obviously you know what happened yeah. there so um, yeah. that was that was uh that wasn't one of the one, one of our, our our better times either, but uh, <laughs> people still still see that and, and it's like, wow, so uh you know, in the saltwater water, and ron snyder um you know um, um I think that was his actual first blowover. Okay. Uh, may have been, may not have been, I don't recall. But uh, yeah. uh, obviously it was a very spectacular thing. So it uh yeah. I into uh, taking the boat to Las Vegas the following week and sinking it on purpose, <laughs> trying to get the salt water out of it. So yeah,
0: yeah I've seen pictures of before of it and there was uh, uh, for years I was confused, like why was why was the Miss Madison on a crane getting in the water in, in Vegas? But it makes sense. They're trying to get the salt water out of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we felt like uh, we couldn't race it. Um, yeah. I think that's when Cooper uh, actually sub- substituted for us. Yeah, the U three Coopers Express uh, ran as Miss Madison, as I my memory yeah. may not be good, but I, that's kind of my memory. Um, no so problem. yeah, we uh, we took it over there and we took all the deck hatches out of it and everything we could out of it and we uh, took it, put it on a sling and and threw it out of the water and with buckets uh, we we did our very very level best to sink it. And, uh, and flush it out it was a, um, a, a telling time in our relationship with Ron Snyder yeah uh, Bob's uh, Bob's uh, um, um, I, I guess Bob's uh, uh, willingness to uh, to um, um, put up with Ron um, I know I know that was a crazy time in, in our one of our crazy times in our history because ron had been such a good pilot for us and such a great friend to all of us but uh, bob's um i, I guess I'm, I'm 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 struggling for the right word to to uh, the right adjective to call it but uh, ron had never really been in a cab over especially mm-hmm. uh, under a lid right and so there was questions about whether he could or couldn't do it and we always the crew always thought he could and bob questioned whether he could or couldn't so it was a uh, Kind of a tumultuous time in addition to all the I mean the, the death that we had uh, the fact that we crashed the boat um, and, um, and and the relationship uh, with, with Bob and, and Ron uh, became precarious so it was uh, a kind of a crazy time for Miss Madison at that point.
0: well the the team later uh, decided to switch to turbine. What made the deciding factor to switch the turbine and how hard was it to uh, to convert the boat over over to turbine?
1: Um, the, the decision to do it was driven primarily by Ron Brown. Um, at that point, uh, in the history of, uh, of, of the Unlimiteds, um, it was pretty, uh, pretty widely recognized that the future of our sport was turban. Um, we had been through a transition period, not us, but the sport had been through a transition period, as I mentioned earlier about some guys with pistons, some guys with turban, and the turbine was starting to get more reliable and more, more consistent. And so we felt like um, we need to step up. And we um, were having more success in the, sponsorship realm at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh we we're having better success there. And I think um for whatever the reason we had we'd always had a great relationship with Bernie. Um and Ron, I know Ron Brown was the driving force behind you you guys need to convert that thing from piston to turbine and this is do it our shop in Tuckwilla. And so um well we didn't have any money. We had debt. Um, We hadn't paid that off yet. We didn't know anything about turbines. We're all piston guys. um, And didn't know anything about turbine, let alone about converting a boat that was designed to be state-of-the-art piston, (laughs) that, you know, 2,260-pound Allison versus a 600-pound turbine. Whether it was angle of attack issues, width of the, the, the center section, uh, bull noses, what you know, angle attack, whatever the whatever the aerodynamic circumstances were, at the time it certainly wasn't set up for turbine. And so we uh, we we decided. Uh, Bernie said, "Come on, let's do it." You know, uh, he funded the deal. Oh. Uh, he you know we had to pay him back, but he funded the deal, and so we hauled the thing to Seattle and threw it on the floor in the back of that shop and and the bud bud crew led by ron and lauren sawyer and john reinberger and and um, a number of those guys mark smith at the time dixon smith uh you know those guys were uh hey let's go It's what bernie wants to do and what you guys need to do and so we did it and um uh, they led the charge i mean we we didn't know what we were doing um uh, and they they helped train us uh at the time that's when mike really involved Mike Hansen Uh, Snyder had left because of what I'd mentioned earlier regarding the uh, circumstance we needed a boat builder Mike came in uh, and that was the advent of Mike Uh, we hired Larry um, Mike's brother Larry um, and Larry uh, we had Larry uh, sent to Seattle they lived in Seattle anyway Mike and Larry had they, they moved around they'd done some work for John Prevost and lived in different parts of the country doing d- different boat projects, but for the most part, uh, they were Seattle, Seattleites, and so they uh, they uh, helped us with the transition, and we uh, we invested in Larry uh, as our engine guy uh, to uh, and Tim Ramsey trained Larry on uh, to be our turbine mechanic. So and so um, Mike was our boat guy. That was a major major change for Miss Madison. Primarily, we had others farmed out the boat work we just were a bunch of engine guys mm-hmm. on that allison uh, but as we transitioned over to the uh, turbine we needed to have more uh knowledge we hadn't we needed a turbine guy and so we uh we elected to uh to make larry the guy and tim ramsey trained him and uh, so mike did the boat and larry did the engines and the rest is uh you know now 20 or 30 year history of mike and uh, and miss madison and larry and miss madison
0: well, I think Mike's, Mike's been a big part of, well, I, I don't want to speak for the team, but I feel like Mike's been a big part of the success of the team uh, in recent many of the recent years uh, with his brother and I know many others, but can you speak to Mike Hansen's just knowledge and and uh, what he's meant to the team uh, as being the crew chief?
1: We hired Mike, and I, I, it may be a year or two off, but it was back in 1990, I think it was. To be our boat guy,
0: yeah.
1: uh, our boat builder. Bob, Bob, Bob was very enamored with Mike. Uh, I was too, uh, though I didn't know Mike. and knew it really Bob at the time, but we hired Mike and had him move to Madison uh, with a young wife. And um, I do not think Trevor was born yet. If, 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 if Trevor was, he was very, very young. Um, but um, Mike came to us as a boat builder. That was his forte. He's also a driver, but his real forte, and I think his education, um, though he can kind obviously of speak to it much much more fluent than me, but I I think he'd done some work with, with Kelson, Don Kelson, he'd done some work with Jones and done some work with some others, but that was Mike's deal. You know, he just he was a boat builder. Mm-hmm. May have done some work with Lucero, I don't recall, all those particulars prior to us, but I do know that when we brought Mike on board, everything changed. And uh, for the, for the good. Um, primarily we, we shift our focus from engine guys to boat people. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Mike's been a godsend for us. Uh, um, you know, a career that's been up and down and, and, uh, back and forth and, uh, with the team and without the team and those things. But, uh, uh, for the most part, um, uh, uh, it's been nothing but a, uh, extremely, extremely, uh, positive, good relationship. Um, it's like every marriage; it's had its challenges along the way. But uh, Mike learned a lot. We gave him um, free run of what he needed to do. Bob supported that. Um, I did the sponsor stuff. Mike did the boat. Larry did the engines. Um, we had a bunch of supporting cast with us, and it was uh, it was a great thing. So uh, it's hard for me to view Mike uh, any other way than positive. But I also uh, I also uh, Whenever I'm asked the question, I, I certainly will never, ever, 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 not mention Mike without, in the same breath, mentioning Larry. Um, yeah. They're just, they're just two peas in a pod. Um, they're daylight and dark, different wise, personality wise, um, work ethic, uh, much the same. It's been nothing but great uh, to see them grow uh, with us, and and, and uh, even when the, the times when we all got pissed at each other and they left or whatever. Um it's you know, it, it's it's a testament to uh our respect for each other. They they were just phenomenal guys. Have learned a lot. We've learned a lot from them, and I think uh, uh without question they are uh key components. You know, Bob would be the key component. Um, but um you you throw Mike in there with Larry, uh Steve David, uh Bob support and me trying to take care of the sponsor, and that's what elevated Mike and Larry elevated Madison from uh and also ran to a uh, a highly competitive machine that is now uh, uh, much of what we do and what we learn when we transitioned over from piston to turbine was the Budweiser way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we couldn't afford to do it at the time, and it's been much a uh, much much of a challenge for us. But as I look back on it. Uh, we were all trained by Budweiser, uh, including Mike, uh, in many respects, and we followed that that motto to a T. And it's been um, it's certainly it's been a real reason, and probably the key reason behind um, our success insofar as uh, achieving our goals, which our goals is, have have been for once we got this not the new, new boat we have today with the, uh, the, 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 O seven 07 boat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been consistency, start and finish, start and finish, start and finish, start and finish, and let the others make mistakes because we can't outspend them. We certainly couldn't outspend Budweiser, uh, Fred with the Pico and, and Steve Umer with the, uh, Winston Eagle, those guys, um, they obviously had sponsors and had us, you know, very much, uh, outspent if you will. But, uh, you know, we were, we were, um, slower, but we were uh, consistently start and finish, and so uh, uh, the Budweiser way and Mike uh, training us those on all those things are uh, you know, led to very few failures, very few failures. So uh, that's been kind of the uh, the uh, one of the trademarks of Mike, one of the trademarks of our team, and one that's led us to uh, much of the su- success that we've had has been we just didn't make that many mistakes
0: quite the achievement that the, everyone's pulled together and done. It's been uh, fun to see what Mike has done for the team with his brother, Larry.
1: Yeah, Mike uh, you know, transitioned well from a driver, a boat builder to a driver, and then from the driver to the um, crew chief, uh, which I, I think um, uh, was something that Mike was challenged by, uh, the crew chief thing. Uh, that was new to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he did a great job there, and now widely recognized as uh as one of the better ones but uh that's uh that's you know he's, he's been doing it a long time and has earned that right so we're glad we're glad to have him part of our team uh been a number of crew chiefs in our in our world um but uh mike and then uh even larry you know larry was a, a really good crew chief um and i'd have to give uh certainly some shout outs to larry larry's uh, uh larry's a perfectionist and uh uh, as we all call him, you know. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's a perfectionist, he's a pain in the ass, but we love him...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well sometimes you have to be a pain in the ass to be a perfectionist, I guess. I don't know. Just go hand in hand and so some... well, Larry just
1: uh <laughs> Larry used to just bitch and raise hell and Mike because Mike would uh you know um, Mike would wanna, you know, would want this clearance in the engine, would want to make this horsepower versus that horsepower and you know, Mike. Uh, Mike was always the competitive one. We got to go faster. We got to go faster. And Larry was saying, "Well, yeah, but I'm always the guy's got to repair it." You know, <laughs> so when you when you tear it up and break it, you know, you're not you're not fixing it. I, I'm the one's got to fix it. So yeah. uh, that brotherly love thing, you know, was there <laughs> back in those days, and it's continued throughout their entire career with us, and, and continues today. You know, even today, it's uh, the brotherly love thing with those two. But uh, it's been a fun thing, and uh, yeah. we we dearly love them both.
0: Well, I want to talk a little bit about some lean years that the the team had uh, in the 90s particular, I can think of. There some years where it was pretty much the only show you guys put on was there in Madison. And if you made the rest of the season, it was a pretty big struggle for you guys financially. Uh, I was just curious, how were you guys able to, it takes a lot of money to, to put one of these boats in the water and get it to run. How were you guys able to, Uh, make that happen in those lean years without sponsorship help.
1: We had a couple, I guess, for lack of a better word, a couple guiding principles that we we live by. Um, And that was that we never lost sight of the fact that we were there to promote Madison. We're owned by the city. Um, And you can debate, what the real value of a hydroplane promoting a city is. That's a whole different subject that uh, I, I certainly don't wanna get into at this stage, but uh, it's its a debate that you could have, okay? What is the real value of a hydroplane promoting a city? Uh, but irregardless, we never lost sight of the fact that that was the goal and objective. And so when the lean years came, that was always one of the goals and objectives is to meet the criteria and not, Bob only had so much he could support it with. The economy at times was good, bad, and indifferent. And so we went through a circumstance where if it fit the criteria promoting the city, we would quote take the risk and do it. That's why, you know, a number of times we just did Madison and maybe Evansville or Owensboro or some things that we felt like really added value to our real goal and objective. And Seattle, racing Seattle or racing San Diego or racing God knows where it may be, um, didn't bring as much value. And so um, we were not going to go spend money we didn't have. Um, We obviously, um, much to the uh, dismay of many, uh, we've never gotten any money from the city, no tax money from the citizens ever. So uh, I mean we've got some in-kind things, if you will, but we've never got any tax money. So um, we had to live within a budget and live within a uh, you know financial circumstance that uh, made sense, but yet um, still achieve the goals that uh, we felt like we needed to do, um, or we could lose it. You know, if if we didn't do something to try and promote the city, mm-hmm. then um, you know um god only knows what um whether it's a city council or a mayor or god knows what uh would you know it would make the make the make the uh, claim that you didn't follow your charter you didn't do this or you didn't do that you had all this debt and um who's responsible for that debt yada 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 so uh in those lean years it was uh it was a struggle to make sure that we accomplished our main goal and didn't really venture too far from uh from what, what what that really was. And um, that's what led to uh, to much of our circumstance. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're not,
0: and the, the team is not in as lean of years now, and the, the team's doing uh, a lot of great things right now. Um, but back 10 years ago, one thing I was curious with is, uh, back in 2010, you were sponsored by Alberto, and in Seattle, Kaylee Perkins came out and tested the boat, did some runs. She was becoming a, a pretty big star on the Unlimited Light Circuit. Uh, looked to be having a, a promising future in the Unlimited class, many thought. Can you tell us about how that came about, um, how things went with that?
1: Yeah, we, uh, we, we certainly uh, respected that league, uh, if you will. Uh, and we certainly respected Kaylee and, and her accomplishments. Um, much of that was driven by talk within our organization that, that um, it would be beneficial for all of us to try that, see how that was going to work. Um, at the time, um, we had um, a sponsor in Alberto who was very much for that because it shed positive light on them and their involvement, which Larry liked and Art liked and, and the company liked, especially Dorothy. Um, because we we learned Dorothy was a uh, a significant part of Alberto Beef Jerky. You know, Art's the one who is the, the 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 name and the face, but we really know Dorothy's role. We came to know that. So Alberto was very much on board with that. Um, we were very uh, very lucky in that we had a driver Steve David, who um, didn't find that. Incringing on his space, if you will. Mm-hmm. Steve was very supportive of it um, uh, for a lot of reasons um, that were his own, but, uh, but uh, Steve was very supportive of it, at least to us. And we, we, we obviously, Steve uh, could tell you his peace of mind from time to time. So we felt like that was really his position. Um, and so, and we certainly would not have moved without that. Um, Bob was for it, uh, our sponsor was for it. Uh, and I think the other thing that we would learned at that point, uh, David, was that um, this was a special boat. Um, we had, uh, when we when we bought the boat, or had it built, we, at, with the blessing of Larry and Alberto, we ran the dog Steffans out of that boat. I mean, we ran it time after time after time, because we didn't, we finally figured out that we had what we thought was a competitive boat and a boat that com- c- could compete with Phil walk and with, um, some of those teams. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and Steve was aggressive and could be really aggressive, you know, as docile or as, as, um, uh, gregarious as he may, you may find him on the beach at times, you know, you put a helmet and a lid over his head and, um, he's, you know, he can get damn competitive. And so, uh, we we had a boat that we just run the dog stuff out of uh through propellers and gearbox combinations and so uh at the time we had uh, jimmy gilbert was a part of our team you know you know jimmy oh yeah, yeah. Uh, jimmy uh came to us from nasa and from a yeah, number rocket, of other teams yeah, rocket scientist <laughs> rocket scientist but we we had a rocket scientist we had a new boat we had a gregarious driver You know, it's a long, long winded story, but you asked me the circumstances regarding Kaylee. Yeah. And it really was a a, a, a conglomeration of all of our efforts that we'd gotten a boat. Jimmy was phenomenal with data, data acquisition and giving us good data Mm -hmm. and, and analyzing that data. And so we knew everywhere what to run, what not to run. We'd run so many times, so many weather conditions, so many water conditions. So many propellers, so many gear combinations. Steve was a constant. The boat was a constant. Mike was a constant. Larry's engines were constant. And we figured out, okay, we got this thing figured out. So make a long story short, all the stars aligned. Kaylee was there. And I think the thing that really kind of made us all feel good was there's no there there can be no downside to this for us or for her. The boat is a sweet piece Mm -hmm. it's not going to hurt her there's a big difference between a limited and an unlimited okay but this particular unlimited it didn't make much difference what she did no disrespect to her she didn't know any different she'd never been in an unlimited and it was you know in seattle so we just we just plopped her in there and we were confident comfortable as hell that she wasn't going to get hurt we weren't going to hurt it or her or anything about our relationship our sponsorship it was such a sweet boat that how can you not do this mm-hmm. and i think the num I-, I think we conveyed that to her and uh if you look at the numbers that she posted i mean they're phenomenal i mean she was like the second or third or maybe the fourth fastest qualifier for seafarer mm-hmm. that year yeah you know she had qualified her brother <laughs> Damn near I qualified Steve, you know, and so it was. Uh, it was. It was very much a good thing, and uh, and so we were. We were extremely happy about the whole thing for her and for us and for Roberto, uh, for her career, for 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 that league and for that sport, uh, or for you know for that group. Um, maybe it maybe it will work to bring somebody from that league into the Unlimiteds. Um, yeah. So there was just all kind of positive vibes. Um, but the comfort level was such that we just didn't. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't have any reservation whatsoever. Like, oh shit, you know, you got to <laughs> detune it, or you got to put this prop on, or you got to tell her not not to do this. I mean, we obviously Jimmy had the computer dialed in to where we knew, you know, actually mm-hmm. you know, yeah. take it to the floor, you know, yeah. floorboard it, yeah. and uh, and go as fast as it'll go and hold on, and um, she did, and uh, turned out great for everybody yeah well it was I, my I think
0: of my wife with this this question uh, because my wife she knew about the sport but wasn't as into it until we were dating and that was shortly after we were together uh, mm-hmm. that she saw that and she saw Kaylee go out there and, and qualify in the boat and she was kind of excited about that the possibilities of a woman uh, driving in the in the league again um, so it was it was too bad that things didn't work out with her driving with someone else or, you know, with your organization, but not being in, in the limiteds, but uh, it was fun to see her get the chance uh, in the water.
1: Yeah. I think, I think we were hopeful at the time that it would be something I know Larry Alberto was, was hopeful that it would be something that would transition to a, uh, you know, kind of a next level or the next step for us. As it turns out, um, Steve, and the, uh, Steve decided to stay longer and longer and longer and longer, which we were obviously extremely happy about. Um, but we only had one boat at the time. And so from our perspective, it, the, uh, it certainly wasn't because of Kaylee at all. And it certainly was the, the circumstances were such that there just was no seat. Yeah. And so um, by the time Steve did decide that, um, you know, he'd had enough of, of, uh, of, like I tell him, it's, he had enough of us finally, um, <laughs> that he decided to retire. Um, by that time, you know, much had come and gone. So, uh, uh, it's unfortunate for us maybe. And for Kaylee that, uh, um, it didn't evolve into something, but you're, like you said, you know, we were hopeful that maybe it would with somebody else for whatever the reasons. Uh, it, it, it certainly did not, but, um, no, we're, uh, very thankful, uh, to her and, uh, and, uh, Killed death that we uh, we gave her a shot. Well, like I said, it was it was fun for my wife seeing that happen, and uh, it was. Yeah, we'd like to uh, we'd like to see some girls uh, or ladies uh, in them today. Um, you know, yeah. Bianca was in in one for a while. Yeah, so I, I, we we would love to see that as well. It would, uh, uh, I think, it'd be a positive for our sport.
0: David Newton here, listeners. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. Rooster Talk is a free podcast that runs off of, well, basically a teacher's salary and contributions from our listeners. If able, please show your support. To make a contribution, please visit our website at RoosterTailTalk.com and find the support tab. Thank you. Now let's get back to our program. So over all the years being with the team, uh, you definitely know what it takes to run a team. What do you think is the one hardest thing about running
1: this organization? I found that the real challenge and the real success or lack thereof is directly, directly, directly proportional to finding the right type of person to do the right job. Um, Many people find this sport cool. They find it awesome, intriguing, challenging. Um, it drives their ego. It makes them feel good in many, many ways. But to put together uh, a, a quality team and even a championship team, um, the challenge is always there to make the right skill set, with the goal and objective that we we're trying to accomplish. And by that, I mean, it's it's presumptuous to assume that because a guy wants to volunteer and he's a mechanic, that he's gonna be good on the engine, for example. Or he he's a good computer guy, so he'll be good with X role on the team. Yeah. Um, I, I've just, and and John, Big John Humes taught me this years and years ago, irrespective of what they bring to the team, when you can find that match, that perfect match of what they like to do, and it fits what you're trying to accomplish, you're golden. One of my classic examples is a guy who was a school teacher on our team who was a computer geek, total geek, was extremely articulate, extremely really, really good at computers. And I spent an hour with him or two with him. Yeah. And asked him what he did, what he liked to do. And I made the decision. I said, well, how do you how do you like building crankshafts? This is back in the Allison days. He said, what do you mean building crankshafts? I don't think about crank, What's a crankshaft? I don't think about them. And I said, Well, I need somebody to build a crankshaft and I need you to figure out how to build that crankshaft. Turned out to be one of the best crankshaft builders we ever had in the Allison days. Yeah. But what it taught me and what John taught me was you found something that the guy really liked to do. Maybe not what he necessarily did the conventional wisdom was well he's good at computers make him a computer guy i found no find out something that really makes him excited happy and when you find that if it's in his realm that's okay i prefer not be in his realm i prefer him to a smart guy to give him a, a challenge outside his daily routine his daily mundane things mm-hmm. It's new, it's different, it's exciting, but yet it fills a need within the team. And so I've always done a really good job. And the classic example today is Mark Hooten. Mark runs per- the purchasing for much of the Corvette and the Camaro for General Motors. What's that got to do with being a PR guy or being a media guy? To me, they're kind of opposite, okay? He's involved with purchasing. He's involved with vendor relations. He's involved with things that have to do with General Motors. That's his day job. Mm -hmm. I found something that he likes to do that's not his day job. And he's absolutely, he and Julie are absolutely phenomenal at But he's just one more example of, for me, the challenge is to find somebody that may not, do what you do on a daily basis but fills a need within your team um jimmy gilbert's a little bit different because jimmy's mathematician and that's really kind of all he knows and and we have a real need there but whether it comes to whether it comes to budgetary items whether it's per acquisition of other items or things outside of the normal day-to-day business i'm always looking for people that uh want to do something different than what they do and if they're smart people they'll uh, It'll really really work well and mm-hmm. that's been kind of the the, the key part of our uh, our talented members of our team
0: it takes one thing to get people to be willing to do something but it's another to to find a niche for them to to appropriately do it and
1: yeah because they're, kinda... they're, they're thinking well I you know this is all a, a, a bed of roses and I would love to do this and you'll love to do that and and they find out so, pretty soon it's really not it's tough <laughs> uh, you know nights weekends all hours a day and nights you don't eat well you know, you, I think, you know, all the challenges of, of the sport. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm preaching to the choir there, but when you find somebody who really enjoys um, something that really adds value to your team and it is not in their daily grind or routine, they seem to really enjoy coming to the shop and, and doing something different. I'm tired of doing X, Y, Z all day long, every day. I get to do something different and be creative and, 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 uh, I found that to be really, really helpful, and uh, I'm cognizant of that all the time when I'm looking for people.
0: Well, one thing I, I didn't touch on uh, in this interview before we go, I want to talk a little bit about you've done a lot of things that are kind of behind the scenes for the organization with H1. I know for a while you uh, were kind of acting commissioner, played some pretty important roles for the organization. I wondered if you could speak to what you've, you've done for that and what your time in doing so is, as, has meant.
1: I've you'd you'd asked a question earlier regarding what's you know what was H1 need to do or what's the future or whatever the question was Mm -hmm. with regard to the future of H1. I viewed my time um, I've always been intrigued with the business side of motorsports and in all the years that I've been involved as I mentioned earlier, I've I, I really been enamored by the sponsorship side, but the business side of our sport, I was never really involved much in. Bob Hughes um, was very much involved with that. Bob was always on the board of directors of H1 or the URC or the UHRA or whatever it was. Bob was on the finance committees and worked with Bernie and all those guys. And, and so I was never really part of the inside of H1. I was sponsors and with the team, but I was never inside of H1. And as Bob's health started to deteriorate, um, um, he encouraged me, uh, gave me the the time and the effort uh, and the support to venture into that, into the H1 world or the UHRA or UHR, UHR, whatever whatever the numbers are, the letters are. Whatever the term is now, but uh, currently it's H one. We'll just call it H one. Yeah, and so I, I felt like I really understand. I, I don't think I know. I really understand the sponsor piece. I understand the budgets of our team, and what it takes to run a championship level team financially. What I didn't understand was the real role that the sites play and the real role of H1. And so I made the cognizant effort to get more involved on the board level, which I did a little bit initially, but then one of the things that really happened to me was um, Sam Cole, Sam's from Madison, uh, Sam and I have been good friends for many, many years. Um, I think the world of Sam. I've got the utmost respect for Sam uh, in many, 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 many ways. But he he brought me in on a level on his executive committee that allowed me to 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 start to learn the inner workings of H1. So I was able to I mean with a business finance degree. I understood budgets. I understood contracts. I understood uh, um, all the the, the the business side generally. But Sam was exposed me to that, and so Sam had this executive committee outside of the board that he relied on many times to do. There was three of us, and Sam and I and one other person uh, was, Mike, was Mike Dinslow from Tri Cities, and. Sam would run issues by us consistently. So I was soaking up all the data and trying to really learn and understand what the business side of H1 was and how it worked and how it contributed or or, or didn't contribute to the success of the sport. And so I, um, I, I listened a lot to what uh, uh, Sam had to say, um, what he was doing, um, was able to review the contracts, was able to get involved in some of the decision making uh, not board decisions but just advi- in an vi- advisory capacity to sam and that just evolved into once sam left uh, steve david took over um, and of course my relationship with steve was rock solid and so um i was able to really kind of understand or learn more about the business side of h1 and how how things work on the site side, their budgets, their challenges, their needs, um, with respect to sponsors, sponsorship, uh, fans, um, the other issues that they they they're challenged with, air air shows, uh, rock concerts, all the different things. So I was really just, even at my age, I was I viewed myself as a sponge. I was soaking up everything I could figure out. About H one and the business side of the race site, so I um, I volunteered to, to to be the chairman or the commissioner on an interim basis. Um, many people thought that was a um, conflict of interest, and that that was a negative. Um, I vehemently disagreed with it. Um, I had no ownership stake in anything. I, I represent Miss Madison, but I don't own anything, and uh, I'm still paid the same by Miss Madison the day, as I was paid back in 1977 on a per diem basis. So uh, it certainly wasn't uh, for, for, due, for for any other reason other than I was trying to understand the business side of, of, of H1 in our sport. So um, all this exposure to the inner workings of the sites, um, all the contractual stuff with the sites, uh, with the APBA, H1's relationship with, you know, it's been on again, off again. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of APBA, um, for probably not the reasons that most people would expect or understand. But I am a big proponent of APBA, and that's a, you know that's, that could be a different question, different answer. But regardless, I'm a proponent of APBA, um, and so I was. I spent a couple of years as the chairman, trying to understand these things and trying to figure out. I held a forum. Uh, after my first year in, the, in Seattle at their at shop in Tukwila, tried to take the input from everybody that I could listen to and dissect it. You know, Some were pros, some were cons, some were good ideas, some were bad, but they were all ideas. And I just wanted to, I was just a s- sponge. I was soaking up everything I could to understand this big picture, this mosaic, what does this sport need? What's it look like? Um, and felt like that was my, uh, that was my attempt to try and, uh, do what I could on, on behalf of Ms. Madison to, uh, to try and make it better. I understood the H1 budget from front to back. I understood the contracts from front to back. I understood, I met personally with every race site. I met personally with every owner. I had owner's meetings. Um, I was just trying to do everything I could. Um, I hired some consultants to help me understand television. I was involved with um um Seafair. and so insofar as I didn't negotiate any of their deals, but I, as a representative of H1, I, I purposely went to Seafair's office multiple times to meet with Richard Anderson and his his team to understand what are they are trying to do, what does the Seafair festival do and how does it affect H1 and Unlimited, good or bad? And so you know, I could go on and on and on with specifics, but the general the general goal and objective for me at that point was never to be chairman or never be commissioner. That's not something I I, I, I relished. I was Miss Madison, but Miss Madison at that point had evolved into the premier team, or at least the only sponsored team, or at least the only consistently sponsored team. Yeah, and so I felt like uh, it was in everyone's best interest. Uh, uh, and selfishly our own best interest to understand some of the challenges that the sites have, some of the challenges that h one has why don't we have television mm-hmm. you know why don't we have why do we do this why do we do that? you know why do we have hard cards why do we have insurance? why are we related to a p b a or not related to a p b a why don't sponsors come involved why don't why don't they do that you know why why are These are all things that I felt like, you know, the old adage, knowledge is power. And once I gained the knowledge, um, I could be of help and support uh, because I do this, you know, um, I do this 12 months a year. I'm not a part-timer. I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not a weekend warrior. I'm not a, uh, I I do this full-time all the time not 40 hours a week mind you or 80 hours a week but every day every day of the week i do something for miss madison and so um, that was really that was the uh the method behind the madness and i was tickled to death to turn it over to somebody else and and was hopeful that that somebody whoever they were would uh would would, would take um the ball and run with it and uh and, and take it to the next level that obviously hasn't happened but uh that doesn't mean it won't and uh, who knows where uh where where that ball will lead but right now i uh, i i'm really happy that uh, i understand the site's perspective it's easy to call up katie in Gunnersville, or matt in madison or kathy in tri-cities or uh you know call up seattle and uh or call jim kidrick down in san diego and and uh, have an in-depth conversation about uh you know what are the challenges um and so um that's been rewarding fun and uh, something i look forward to uh you know participating in uh, maybe on some level uh, in the future
0: well thank you for your, your service you did uh with the, the organization
1: I, uh, I I guess I, I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, and maybe yeah. I did earlier, but I, I would also have to say I I would um, uh, I couldn't have done it without Bob Hughes, and um, so every chance I, I don't know if, if Bob um, would ever listen to this interview, but if he does or doesn't doesn't make a difference. Uh, he's still living, and I hope he uh, with his Alzheimer's uh, he still understands that uh, I got his back and uh, and appreciate what he did because he allowed me the freedom to do these things. Um, they were a passion, but, um, his commitment to our team and to our sport allowed me, I mean, I worked for him. That's who paid me. Okay. But, uh, there were certain things that he wanted, uh, and wanted me to do. And so, um, that's what I did. And, uh, fortunate for us, for Miss Madison and on some level for the sport, uh, Bob's support of our sport and me allowed me to uh, to do these things, and so I'm, I'm extremely grateful for, uh, yeah. for that opportunity and for that freedom to go, you know, to to go do it. So, yeah. kudos to Bob. Well, we
0: do have some listeners uh, in Madison. I'm not sure if Bob is one of those or not, but I'm sure uh, the word will get to Bob there. with That. Uh... <laughs> your thanks for him his, yeah, his hopefully
1: health. uh <laughs> hopefully he's uh, he's very much a fan his wife pat's a big fan so uh yeah. uh you know it's uh you know i can't repeat it enough uh what bob has done um and the millions of dollars he's donated and the time and effort for him and his employees at clifty has been uh been the backbone of miss madison that's for certain yeah. well
0: last thing i want to i want to share with you thinking about the miss madison team they've Encompass thirty three race victories, five gold cup wins, nine national championships. What comes to your mind when you hear these uh, these stats and these accomplishments?
1: It makes me um, I think it makes me reflect and 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 makes me thankful for the God knows how many volunteers <laughs> that we' you know we've had that have played some role in all those numbers. Um those numbers just didn't happen um, with a virtually all volunteer organization, except for you know Mike and Larry um, <laughs> over the years. Um, it's there's any number of people who I have had the pleasure to work with, the pleasure to argue with, to travel with, um, to listen to, who have contributed in some small way to to bring I mean, Miss Madison's a crazy story, you know. Uh-huh what 59 years 59 wow. straight years yeah you know almost six this will be 60th year i think wow yeah you're right and there's yeah. been so many people that have contributed a lot and some who contributed a little but i think back on some of those guys that you know have just given their heart and soul and we didn't win shit You know, we didn't win shit. (laughs) Okay. And now look at it, you know. So I'm just, you know, that's when you when you mention those things, I think of the, you know, some of the different guys that didn't get to experience any of that. I mean, the the 71 thing maybe in the 83, but certainly many, many, many of them never got to accomplish any of the national championships. Right. You know so um, those are the things that that uh that make me go wow this is kind of you know it is what it is it's it's not curing cancer certainly um or anything of, of any kind of on, on that level but for what it is uh for a little two-bit indiana town <laughs> put together a uh, a racing team at the highest level of, of of its category if you will i mean we're not racing John boats here, these are pretty sophisticated pieces. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of people who, um, you know, who have um, contributed along the way. So I could go on and on, but the, the gist of it really is when you mention all that stuff, uh, whether it's the drivers, whether it's the crew members, whether it's Bob, whether it's the sponsors, uh, whether it's the fans that came and bought the t-shirts. I mean, we'll we'll sell, you know, we'll sell, I don't know how many numbers wise, but you know, it's well up into the thousands and thousands of dollars worth of t shirts every year. You know, yeah. the fans that buy the stuff, yeah. you know, 60, 70, 80 thousand dollars worth of t shirts a year. Wow. Well, they're Literally. loyal fans. Yeah, they're loyal
0: fans that spend. You
1: know, we'll sell, we'll sell at least 60,000 yeah. of t shirts. To me, that's, you know, that's a tribute to mm-hmm. these people who have built this organization into um to uh, whether it's on the beach whether it's on the water uh whether it's the movie where you know we didn't touch at all on the first black crew chief first black that's right of our of our sport at all
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know was the guy who trained me so i mean it's just, it's uh you know it's all relative but it's kind of crazy yeah <laughs> you know it's kind of crazy to look back on it and think, yeah wow those are the numbers, but wow, what, uh, what happened to, uh, to, to uh, achieve those numbers is pretty crazy, Yeah, pretty crazy.
0: Thank you so much for your time, Charlie. It was great talking with you. I look forward Good to, to seeing you. the team this year.
1: Well, thank you. We're, uh, we're, we're very excited about uh, uh, Home Street Bank and Goodman Real Estate and, um, and uh, their charitable work, which we're finding a new thing for us. Um, but but uh, I think that'll be a, uh, a, a, new, uh, a new wrinkle, one that we haven't experienced much of, but I'm extremely uh, gratified from Mr. Goodman that um, he's chosen to do it. Um, and so uh, we're going to add one more thing to our recipe and our resume of things, whether it's racing on the water or whether it's uh, doing things on the beach, whether it's our display boat program. Uh, whether it's competing at uh, the best level we can, whether it's helping the sport through Tukwila. Uh, now we're adding one more thing, which I'm really grateful for, and that's uh, a charitable contribution to what we do. And and so, um, no, I, 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 can't, I couldn't be no more than bullish just because of uh, what Miss Madison is, what it's become, and all the, you know, all those that have contributed to make it, to make it work.
0: Well, thank you for all the hard work you do, and I uh, hope to see you this summer. Uh, out of her home, I, have- I want to get. I want to get to the lake.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Well, hopefully, we'll do Tri Cities in Seattle and San Diego, yeah. and uh, and have some fun. But uh, stay well, keep safe. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, look forward to uh, to seeing you in uh, Tri Cities. All right, I'll see you there, man. Take care. Okay.
0: Well, I hope you've enjoyed our episode. Make sure you come back next week to listen to our next episode. We release new episodes every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player, as well as rate and review your experience. For more updates on Hydro News, check us out on social media. We're on the major players Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Richatel Talk is also online with our website, www.richateltalk.com. On the website, you can sign up for an email subscription list to get notifications on upcoming episodes, Hydro News, podcast updates, and much, much more. Finally, this is a free podcast to all of our listeners. And if you're really enjoying your experience and want to help us to continue to grow and expand, please donate. You can find a link to donate through PayPal on our website through the support tab. So until next time, I hope to see you at the races.